One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back. And to welcome TMC back to the TMTJ podcast. So I'm gonna fucking punch you. In the- <laughs> that's that's a great way to start this one off. Um, Blue being uh, somebody completely devoid of responsibilities this week because he is off seeing his uh, girlfriend. Uh, and, yeah, and so he is on a laptop and not recording his own audio, um, and therefore he decides to continue in his grand tradition of derailing my intro. <laughs> I didn't normally do it on the first segment. I no, you don't. You, you normally wait and try to ambush me on one of the later ones. Yeah. Anyway, this is episode 43 of the TMCJ podcast. We are less than 10 episodes away from doing this for an entire year. Shit. Think about that. 52 is going to be with a one-year anniversary. Oh, damn. Cool. And so I'm sure we have some cracking topics to start with, Kaiser. Uh, yeah, no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no yeah so i've got one that just made me laugh and one that just made me laugh um so the yeah. first topic is uh the british have jetpacks uh the british Obviously. navy uh just put out like a bunch of videos of some of their th- like this guy flying around in like a jet suit from carrier to carrier over the water really i mean yeah. i've seen like those kind of prototype jetpacks in the past not yeah, used by the military before yeah but it's like so yeah it's like a wing think of like a wingsuit but it's got these these like um like um basically like a wrist mounted like literally a jet an engine iron man yeah like it's, it's basically an yeah. iron man suit with like flaps yeah. so he can fly flaps. a little bit a little bit better, um, but yeah, no. They, they say female Iron Man suit. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, not that kind of <laughs> We can't say that. <laughs> oh, but but yeah. So there's, there's videos of him just like one of the sailors just like buzzing around the um, around a aircraft carrier and then landing. Yeah, um, pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing like an navy engineer did in his free time. Yeah. Apparently, like, is that official Navy gear or is it? Yeah, I mean it's Dang. prototype, from what I understand. But uh, the, I, I just I, I found the video online. and I just thought it was cool. It, yeah, it was the British Navy. Yeah, I mean, I weirdly enough, I basically just look at the American Army, Navy, and that kind of stuff because I don't know that kind of stuff's more interesting to me. I think mm. the the whole bravado behind the uh, American military complex. Um, so yeah. I just don't hear when something happens to my own country. <laughs> yeah. Rest uh, assured, the the British still do have an army and a yeah. navy. Well, we've got we've got fucking nuclear submarines. What else do we need? <laughs> we got Trident. No one's gonna fuck with us. There's not even any reason to fuck with us. Like our country is tiny. Tell that to the French. They'll find a reason. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Agincourt will happen again. Yeah, but the French have just got just got it out against everyone in the world. Everyone in the world has tried to conquer France at one point or another. Well, and to be fair, France di- France did it back to them. Like, <laughs> yeah. They although uh, this is so this is kind of um, just a interesting little tidbit of geopolitics. Um, France is still yeah. like the only major military power in Europe. Like pretty much every European state. I'm not including uh, Britain and Europe, by the way, because you guys left. <laughs> but 
Um, no, France still, like, maintains, like, does, like, a ton of, like, military intervention in Africa. They, like, they maintain a fairly powerful army and navy. Um, it's kind of surprising. I mean, I, I give the French a lot of shit, mostly for fun. But, yeah. They still if, exist. I mean, okay, the French Foreign Legion. You don't want to fuck with the Foreign Legion. Oh, yeah. Pretty badass. Um... Do you think if 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 England was the size of let's say Texas, mm. do you think we would have as strong a military presence as like one of the big dogs? I mean, honestly, even the size that you guys are, you had one of the biggest militaries in the world at one point. You guys literally dominated the world at one point. Yeah, I mean, but like, it depends. we're like the fucking ants. Like everyone's like, oh, an ant, I can crush it. But gram for gram, an ant could like fucking choke slam the shit out of you with its well, eyes. Yeah, exactly. Ants can lift like crazy, like multiples of their own body weight. Exactly. Um, That's so, how I kind of see it. Else. Yeah. So my 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 answer is that I, I don't think that the size of the the nation is actually going to matter too much. Like you guys. So think about it uh, this way. Like um, we have a lot less manpower, is what I meant. Yeah. Like look at but look at like um, Japan versus China. Like China's huge, and they were able to put like tons of like military people to field like all throughout their history. But. Yeah. And Japan's like a fraction of the size, and most of their landmass is mountains. And yet they were able to conquer most of Asia at one point. I mean, mountains are notoriously good places for, for, for military presences. That's at true. Home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Japan had a lot of like influence from different parts of the world. It's true. Um, and I mean, so did China, but like yeah, but it, it it's this is so this, I could go on about stuff like this forever because it's history. Um, yeah, China actually had the opportunity to become like a like a global colonial power back in like the 1400s, but they decided mm. to turn inward and just focus on like you know their own internal mm -hmm. politics and not bother with anyone else and just let the rest of the world come to them because the rest of the world wanted to come to them because they had spices, they had tea, they had all this other fun stuff that everyone wanted. You're sure to you're buy not talking about India. No, I'm talking about China. India only had tea when the British put it there. Um, True, but they had fuck tons of spices. They did, but the spices were traded to China, and China was the hub that traded them to the West. Right. India was way too subdivided into like a million different kingdoms at that point in history. Gotcha. Anyway. Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking <laughs> about British jet packs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy crap. Um... Uh, how are they going to be used? Because, I mean, you don't really... So, the video I watched... Them, yeah, the video I watched said that they were going to be used against pirates. And, and okay, like, well, boarding teams. Yeah, like boarding actions, essentially. So, like, ships... Like, a lot of um, ships have anti-boarding measures, but if pirates actually do manage to get on the ship, those anti-boarding measures can be used against people trying to get in and stop What the kind of fucking pirate is trying to take on a military vessel? No, not a military vessel. Uh, they they take like a like a civilian oh, vessel, like and right, so and then... the military yeah exactly the military comes in after to try and take it back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of it. I keep, I keep wanting to say seal, but obviously they're not 
seals in the British Navy. Yeah, you guys. Um, what do you? No, I, I keep thinking of the uh, the SAS, but isn't that? Yeah. I don't. I don't know the, the, the. I I know the subdivisions of the U.S. military. I don't know them for the British. I know the SAS is one of your special force teams. Yeah, I I I, I, I I'm shameful. I I, don't, I can't remember what that stands for. Hmm. Well, rather than uh, anyway, yeah. Sorry, you have time Gazing to think about it. But you, it's your topic next. You said you had something. Yeah. Uh, so. I have been on uh, another horror game kick. Mm-hmm. I haven't been playing it the same though. I've been watching uh, Markiplier play. Yeah. Um, the Resident Evil 8 Village. I have heard mixed reviews about this game, so I'm curious. I'm sure to... what you've heard has been those are big sexy vampire lady. <laughs> well, no, I heard that she shows up for like five minutes and then is gone. Yeah, so when I went into it, I thought, oh, the big sexy vampire lady is going to be the main villain, right? Yeah, I think like, a lot I even of saw a demo, that. yeah, and it was just entirely vampire ladies in like a big French castle or something. Yeah. Um. But, and, and that's why I was confused why it's like why it's called village because it has it's in a castle. Mm. <laughs> you're fucked up. I know you're trying to get eight in the name, but you're fucked up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's really not. And I am really kind of disappointed with it. Because the game starts off, and uh, there's going to be spoilers in this if you're interested in Yeah, if anyone actually playing wants it. to play the game, don't. I assume Kaiser won't because it's a horror game. I also have no interest in the Resident Evil series. I've never played any of the games. Oh, so I haven't played any of the games either. But I've seen Resident Evil Seven, and that was one hell of a game. Mm. Like that had me shitting myself every minute, and I wasn't even playing. Oh, believe me! Like if there was ever, if I was into horror, and there was ever a horror game that I wanted to play, that would be one of the ones on the list. From everything yeah, I've heard one... and seen about it, RE Seven is tops. And, um, fuck, what's the, it's not Inception, it's one word, it's got like a cross in the name, the one with the hospital, Mount Massive Asylum, I think it's oh, called. Oh, um, wait, are you, are you talking about a Silent Hill game? No. No, it's, um, God, the one in the mental hospital, I mean, that covers a lot of horror games, I know. It does, yeah. Outlast. Outlast, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's another one I've heard a lot about. Shitting yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, and anyway, yeah, so Resident Evil. So you start out in a village and there are like werewolf people everywhere and they're just like eating people. Although it doesn't really go into how. Maybe, maybe this is an end game thing that explains how it happens, but it doesn't t- really tell you where they come from. Hmm. Uh, oh wait, no, it does. One guy does get turned into a werewolf, but he only gets turned into a werewolf because he got bitten once and then escaped. And it's like the same thing with zombies, right? Yeah. Zombies will just eat a person to death. And but like, okay, that very odd, rare person will take one bite and get away. But that, how then do we get like 
all these hundreds of thousands of zombies all over the place. It's kind of a bit of a flawed system, in my opinion, because they're trying to do two, two jobs with one action. Yeah, you don't anyway. really... They're, they're counting on the audience not to put the logistics together. Yeah, and I like a little bit of, like... I don't care if it's, like, made up, like... You could say, in this world, magic is real, that's fine. But then you can't break the rules that you set down. Um, anyway, so yes, there's a werewolf attack, a bunch of people die, everyone in the village you meet, and then immediately after they die. Uh, you are Ethan Winters from Resident Evil 7, meaning okay. you are basically immortal. Which is a fundamental flaw of any horror game. I, I actually, mean, okay. But, but let's think about that for a second. Being immortal, but not like immune to pain or mutilation can be horrifying. Because then it means you could, in theory, suffer infinitely. Yeah, but like, okay, so also, if people are squeamish, what I'm about to talk about might be a bit uncomfortable. And Sorry. I mean, we've already talked about military conquests, so... Uh, no, but that's not... So, in, in number seven, in the very first part of the game, he gets uh, a souffléed left arm. Actually, I don't even... He gets his fucking arm cut off. Uh, <laughs> and then in, like, the next scene, they've, like, stapled it back on, and it's working again, right? Mm. Like, he can use that hand again. In crazy. this... In Resident Evil 8, he gets his fucking hand cut off, like, four times. Like, it's not scary after you've done it once, especially if you've played the last game, because then it's not even a new thing. It's just like, like oh, this is just routine. It is, and... <laughs> My left it, hand's it becomes, gone, it must be Tuesday. It becomes hilarious, because it doesn't just, like, grow back or something. You have to go over to your severed hand, pick it up, you kind of, like, hold it on the stump... And you just put, like, this... Dab some oil on it. Like, your fucking salt and pepper grinder all over it. And it just goes... All so, good. This, this is not related to this directly, but, you know, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, I was talking about how I've been rewatching all of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And, um... That's that's how reincarnation gets in that that series. Like death has yeah, because everyone's come back, isn't it? No exactly, because like every five minutes, like it's like, oh, it doesn't matter if this person dies. It doesn't matter if the whole population of the world dies. Just bring them back with the Dragon Balls. Boom, one wish, we're done. The thing is, it seems like the devs are in on the joke because at one point, you like, you get your hand cut off, right? It's gone. Yeah. You pick it up, you stick it back on. It's still got a bit of the coat on there that was also cut off. Mm. The coat. Also fixes itself <laughs> back onto the code. Oh. Like, what? This is just making it so dumb. So you go into this castle, you kill some sexy vampire ladies, um, and it's pretty. It's pretty good because it's like <sighs> there are some creepy bits, but at the same time. You're in a very ornate-looking castle. They don't have, like, heads hanging off the walls or something. No, it's mm. just a nice French castle. So the Good scene's scenery. not very scary. Good scenery for the horror. Uh, but no, it's even well-lit. Like, it's not scary. It's just not scary. The only, ba the only bad things in the entire castle are the enemies. And they're really dumb. Like, I was watching a YouTube video. Lady Dimitrescu 
the the main vampire lady. Yeah. If you just walk into the shop, she can't walk into the hair. <laughs> so you can stand in front of her like a foot away, and she's just like cursing at you with a big floppy razor hand. <laughs> oh my god! There's a part where you're on the roof, mm-hmm. and there are gargoyles flying around trying to attack you. Like, okay, cool. You can't really knife these guys that easily because they're flying. And then they go over the edge. They're like hovering over the edge of the building, and then they like accidentally. Sometimes they actually drop down. And they're just, like, clipped into the floor. These gargoyles trying to eat your feet. Just like, oh, wow, you guys really haven't optimized this well. Yeah, I mean, your crappy AI does tend to fuck with the horror element a little bit when you're talking about games like that. Yeah, and then the big boss fight with her. Mm-hmm. Really fucking easy. She doesn't really even attack you. That always does let things down a little bit. I mean... Like, when you can get around things like that... Genuine horror in video games can be difficult to achieve, but, like, some Mm. things will definitely derail it. I mean, the obvious thing being... when, When the enemy can be easily, like, circumvented or glitched or, you know, just shot... Yeah, like, there's, you got to find that balance of if their enemies are too hard, they'll kill you too quickly, and then you'll just not be afraid of dying. But yeah. at the same time, these enemies are too easy. Like, there are points where he should have died. He's fighting, like, a massive boss. She turns into this giant vampire dragon thing. And he doesn't die once. He barely takes any damage. He just hides inside of a fucking crenellation. Well, the enemy can't attack you, and he just pokes his head out, shoots her in the head, and runs back in. That's not yeah. a boss fight. It's not even a normal fight. That's not even a fight. <laughs> um, just thinking back to yeah. early experiences with uh, the new Cyberpunk game. Like, when I first played it, and it was still, like, really glitchy. One of the first big bosses. He's in this big mech suit, and I'm going to have to fight him or something like that. Um, mm. He clipped into a box and couldn't move. So I was able mm. to just walk behind him and punch him to death. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, she's... Then they're like, oh, so that was the first of four, uh, technically five bosses you need to defeat. And so, okay, the game is very long. I will grant you that. It must be if... If, if each boss takes that long. Yeah. Um, but the second place that they, they go, and I won't... I only, I've only seen a little bit more. Um... That's when it finally gets scary. You're in a old house. The paint's peeling off the wall. It looks very similar to Resident Evil 7 house. Mm. And there's barely any light. There are mannequins and dolls everywhere. Which, so, for a lot of people, is creepy as fuck. I, yeah, I personally find them pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, I will say... Um, I have seen a full review of the game. Mm-hmm. It gets worse later. Okay. Not 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 gets worse as in it gets scarier. It gets worse as in it turns into. Oh really? I was yeah. hoping you were gonna say it's so scary. No, um, no, no, no. It it turns into like an action shooter later in the game. Right. Yeah. When you've got enough weapons, I guess. Um. But yeah. So you're you're walking around this creepy house. There's like 
airy child voices speaking to you. There's doors shutting behind you. All the classic scary tropes, and it works, right? Mm. It just works. So um, that, for what you're describing right now from the reviews I've seen, that is like the peak of the game. Yes, well, then there's like a monster that starts chasing you mm. with a baby's voice. Yeah. And yeah, the you... monster itself, you got to hide from it, you can't fight it, is like a giant malformed slug baby. And that is terrifying. Yeah, you're at like peak horror. There's a game that actually does... There are certain monsters that can be very, very effective if they're presented right. Like there's mm. a, a game... It's made by the same people who make Persona, uh, Catherine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, demon, what's it? Succubus game. Yeah, and so in several levels, you're being essentially chased by these horrors that represent things that you know the, the main character is worried about in real life, and they're fucking scary. And it's it's a puzzle like brick climbing game, but they managed to make it like actually an effective. Motivator. You know that's actually an esports right now, Catherine. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, it, it has the potential for it. Yeah, because they've got now, like, um, see, it's it's uh, 1v1. Mm. You're both on the same wall. You can fuck each other over. Yeah, you can push each other. Juan and I, um, so I had it for the Xbox 360 back in the day. And um, yeah. uh, back when it didn't have online co-op, uh, like, Juan came over a couple times and we played uh, co-op. And even co oh, we, we realized the co-op just was becoming versus because we were screwing each other over just to laugh. And so we just played yeah. the versus mode after that. <laughs> yeah, because we were, uh, we were really playing cool. versus even in co-op. <laughs> but yeah, no, that um, scary slug baby thing lasted about ten minutes, and then he fought the main boss of that area, and the main boss took about three minutes, and he didn't take any damage. As far as I can tell, it was just a hide and seek game. The lights were on, and they weren't hidden very well. Like, what yeah. a fucking lame boss. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like much of a horror. No. But yeah, from, from what I've heard, the game goes downhill after that. They they switch who the main character is that turns into, like, like a uh, military shooter kind of game, and it's just... Oh. Yeah. See, that sounds interesting. Um, yeah, no, that was, um, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't... I've honestly... It's not a bad game. It looks nice for the most part. Get a little bit scary for the, if you, if you're not great with horror games, I'd say it's a good horror game to start with. Kind of ease you into it. Yeah. Sounds like it's a good they, game they if you're not you good at video games either. If I was making a horror game, you know how when <laughs> in a horror game the classic trope of the moment they start giving you guns or bandages, it means there's going to be a monster attacking you very soon. Or if there's a save point. Yeah. The moment you see the save come up, it's like, oh shit. What I would do is I would give them a gun, and I'd give them an enemy that can't be killed with a gun. Because <laughs> then they get the initial fear of, oh shit, an enemy's coming, and then they panic, fire all their bullets into this thing that doesn't take any damage. And then they'd like be in horrible fear as they got t torn apart. The troll solution. Yeah. 
how I'd do it. All right. So I had one last topic, and this one, honestly, is probably not going to last that long. Uh, but yeah. Twitch, they uh, at least temporarily demonetized hot tub streamers. <laughs> this really? Week. Yeah. I heard someone called RT Gaming, who's this like Irish kid. Mm. Uh, I say kid, he's probably older than me. Uh, he he did basically what we were thinking of doing, except he did it in like actually like in a in a bikini, basically. This guy. Oh my god! I think he got tons of money for it, and I think he donated it all to charity um, because he felt like kind of guilty about it for some reason. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if maybe the awareness has come to Twitch that it's softcore porn. What, from what I heard, it was an advertiser backlash. They're like, we don't want our ads on this. Like, and so Twitch apparently, which I don't like either. I YouTube did this, and I don't, like, a few years back, the, the whole, like, pulling... Honestly, the, the, the right attitude to have, and YouTube and Twitch should probably both have this attitude, is... If advertisers are like, oh, we don't feel comfortable with our ads on this... It's like, shut the fuck up. Then go to a different platform. Advertise on Comcast. Yep. That should be their attitude. They should tell the advertisers to fuck off. And yeah, it, it's, not, it's never going to stop the people that want to make money that way, though. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I 100% agree. Like, they're going to have... They, they'll have, like, Patreons and sub subscribers. Well, not even that. It's going to be like... It's going to be like, uh, okay, this week, I'm good. In fact, actually, no, I've actually seen an example of what it's going to be. Uh, there was, like, a drawing stream, right? Mm. And this girl was, like, sat on her, like, bedroom floor with a whiteboard. Uh, and then she'd turn around to write on the whiteboard, basically getting up skirt. And that was the thumbnail of the video. <laughs> well, of course, that's what's going to get people to click. <laughs> like, I mean... And I, I should say this. I, I think we've, talk we, we've talked about this on the, the podcast before, I think. And um, just to be clear, I respect the hustle. I mean, I don't respect yeah. the people, but I respect the hustle. Like, they're they're making money. And people are willing to pay them. And, you know, why not? I don't think it's the right platform to do it on. Oh, of course but... not. Twitch is no longer a gaming streaming service anymore. It's, it's a just no. chatting and titties stream. Yeah, just chatting shouldn't really be on a gaming stream no. platform. But I don't think Twitch, as you say, is a gaming stream platform anymore at all. No, they've kind of moved away from that. They're they're big money. The whole reason they haven't banned these people outright is because they're making a they're making money hand over fist from them. Yeah, I mean, why not? But I yeah. guess it's just become yeah a bit too blatant for the uh, advertisers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, goddamn. I wonder if we're going to be able to get away with our plans still. <laughs> oh my god. Um, there's something else. Yeah, no, I wonder what, the, the, what other methods they're going to come up with, though. Like, I don't know, theming streams? That's a thing people mm. have done in the past, I think. Um, on a, uh, hold on, on a, like, on a, vi a more serious note, um, thinking about Twitch and stuff. I think it's probably... I don't know. I, I've thought about this before. Like, what kind of... 
psychological effect it has on the people who are actually donating to those things. Like, because if it's, I'm wondering, because I feel like it's it's probably mostly like younger guys or kids, because it's. You think you see that thing, and in my mind, like the logical conclusion, it's like that you know the old creepy dude at a strip club who's like, "Hey, take this twenty dollar bill," you know that yeah. kind of thing. But it's not. It's probably like you know little Timmy who's twelve years old and got his mommy's credit card or something like that. Like, and I, it's just, it depends I, how old the creepy old guy is, really. Because I mean, lots of thirty and forty year olds still watch Twitch. It's true. I mean. I don't. I'm trying to think of any of my. Oh no, yeah, I know. I know a couple. I have a couple friends that still watch it. I, I still get notifications from it, but the only time I really ever watch it is when like you or Mass or someone is streaming. Yeah, kind of the same. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's not as convenient as YouTube. That's the thing, and YouTube allows streaming too. I think the only. But streams that I do watch anymore are on YouTube. But then you'll obviously get paid a lot more if you do are a Twitch streamer. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're a successful but, one, yeah. Yeah. I used to watch... The, the, I think the last time I, I really watched Twitch regularly was like three or four years ago when StarCraft streaming was still big. Hmm. And I had a couple... Uh, like a few StarCraft streamers that I would consistently watch. But yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. At least for now. <laughs> hmm. Also, Twitch is so linked to, like, Amazon Prime and stuff like that. Well, that's They've the got a lot of powerful links. Yeah, Amazon bought them. So. Hmm. Alright, well, I didn't. I don't think there's really too much more to go into with that. Uh, we're, we're Not right, really. Yeah, we're, we're right at the end. Do you have any uh, final final thoughts? Anything you uh, want to get in before we close out segment one? I'm hungry. I am too. All I've had for <laughs> breakfast is almonds. I had two pieces of toast, and they were really fucking thick pieces of toast. How many C's? <laughs> I'm sorry. Was, oh, God. <laughs> bad joke. All right. It um, took me a second. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's close it out there then. It's going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment, and we did do movie night this week because Alicia is lacking a laptop, and so... Well, you say that... (laughs) Oh, this wait. laptop I'm coming to you from right now has always been at Alicia's. Oh, she just didn't use it? She just... She's not a techie person. Um, <laughs> well, in that case, maybe next week we'll have movie night done. Yeah, and she'll be able to, you know, play games and stuff. And mm-hmm. all she just was... She's had this for literally half a year, and she hasn't used it. Alright, <laughs> let's let's not spend too much of the segment, you know, uh, making fun of your girlfriend. Let's let's move well. on. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, since we didn't do movie night, I, I thought that I wanted to talk about uh, something that's kind of been on my mind the last, uh, you know, few days. There's a book series that I have, I believe I've talked about it, maybe in Long Story Short or something else, uh, but 
it's, it's a series that I started reading back in 2011, 2012 kind of time frame. Introduced to me by a friend. And it ostensibly it's a trilogy, but the third book still hasn't come out yet. Right. I think the first the first book came out in 2007. Second book came out in 2012. And here we are in 2021, and the third book still has not gotten released yet. Uh, the series is called um, The King Killer Chronicle. Um, and the books are named Name of the Wind and uh, A Wise Man's Fear. Right. I'm, I'm fairly certain I've talked about them, at least in passing on the podcast. So I'm not going to go over like the the plot too heavily basically it's it's sort of a it's a fantasy kind of uh, universe where really good lore development really good world building um there are some parallels to real world history and stuff like there already like there always are with that sort of um that sort of novel but what what i wanted to focus on was actually like the main character and some of his um well character flaws to start with but then also the the main love interest that he has going throughout the entire series and just how my my views on it have evolved because i've reread this book probably at least 10 times um it's 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 great it's interesting to read and i don't even take a break in between it it's like i read the first book i read the second book and then I just start reading the first book again, mm-hmm. and I've I've repeated this cycle quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so the main character uh, kind of comes from a uh, a musician's background. Like his his family is like a traveling performing troupe, and yeah, they get slaughtered because of something they did um, that they didn't even know that they were doing wrong uh, by a. a like a demi supernatural entity uh like this mm. essentially think like a, a secret society of like you know very very powerful magical people um and he so he he's basically put on the streets from a very early age not on the streets at first he's in the wilderness and then he makes his way to a city and then he he's a street kid and eventually he gets over the trauma not gets over it but for the most part gets over the trauma and realizes that I got to do something with my life and so makes his way to this university where they teach quote unquote magic but it's really like the science of this world like mm. if alchemy and stuff were real and you know he goes on from there and that that's the the book follows kind of his his adventures as he grows and stuff and i remember having a conversation with a friend who didn't like the series because they thought that the the main character was a bit of a a mary sue like okay way too overpowered like he always just good at everything that sort of thing but Mm -hmm. they the book does a good job of making him overpowered be his character flaw like he's overconfident he constantly thinks he can do things and bites off way more than he can chew and he ends up getting his ass kicked for it like he he loses out on a lot of opportunities, sets himself back, and really puts him in a bad position quite a few times because he's so good at everything that he, like, just believes that he's invincible, essentially. Right. Or, or not even that he's invincible, but believes that he knows better. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm too clever to, you know, have not thought of this, and then... Yeah, that... egotistical. Exactly. But he's... He's egotistical in a way that he doesn't realize he is egotistical. 
and that works against him. Okay. Huh. So. Uh, I, think, I don't know. Um, I. I, th I think you've been watching a. You've been watching a lot of films and books. Hmm. Where there's a very powerful main character who has some kind of mental deficiency. Uh, a de mental deficiency is not the right word. But I'm just thinking of um, that um, superhero thing you uh, showed oh, us Invincible. last week. Invincible. Invincible, yeah. yeah. Again, it's this incredibly overpowered character who is kind of stupid. <laughs> I mean... Well, just just misunderstood. Well, in, in Invincible, it's not that they're stupid; it's that they've like they've got a very dark past that they've concealed from everybody. Um, yeah. And really, it's it's the emotional chink in the armor that really um, brings down the the big guy in Invincible. Hmm. Um, yeah. But that's that's a that's a decent point. Maybe that's why I've been thinking about it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, the, the that's a thing that happens with the main character a few times, like... Oh, what What's one of the things? He... There are multiple points that a more reasonable and well-leveled person would be able to get ahead in his situation, and, like, actually, it would solve a lot of his problems. Most of the hurdles that he encounters in the book are of his own devising, like... He right. caused them to happen. It's not all of them, but a good chunk of them. Hmm. Yeah. But that's... And, sorry, finish your thought. Well, no, I was just going to say, well, uh, I don't know. I need more context, I think. <laughs> so, again, I that was kind of just a preface to set things up. The thing okay. I really wanted to talk about is his romantic entanglement throughout the oh, entire... Yeah? series and i say entanglement because it's really one person there's a girl right. he meets um early on in the first book on the road and she is presented as like running away from some kind of a struggle or something like that and she's going on to find a new life and at first the two of them seem to be hitting it off but his own insecurities and his own presumption that you know he's not going to be able to deal with her because he's just fresh off the street at that point yeah um this is right when he's starting to like put his life back together it keep him from really pursuing her and so she ends up attaching herself to one of the other guys in the caravan that they're traveling with like they're like it's like a coach caravan um mm. and so she goes off with him and he meets her again later in the book and she's with some other guy after that and then Throughout the book, she's always with some other guy, and he's always in his own internal dialogue talking about how um, he's not going to be one of these men that she's that he sees her with that try to like possess her and stuff like that. So he's recognizing that she's a free spirit, and mm. he's sort of like pursuing her indirectly, um, but he's like completely infatuated with her, and it's somewhat clear throughout the book that she is also infatuated with him and 
at first when I read the book, like years ago, I thought that that was kind of romantic and like, oh, that's sweet and everything. But as an adult, I'm like, why are you going after this thought? Like, yeah, it's it's very teenage drama sounding. Exactly. And it's sort of like, I, I don't know, like maybe I've become a little bit more calloused as I've gotten older, but I'm like, at, at a certain point when you've seen her with like, Thirty, the thirtieth guy, like. Yeah, no, fuck that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. So it's, that's that's really the crux of what I wanted to talk about because I know I've talked about the book before, and that again I gave a brief synopsis, but. It just. And she is she is fine to sleep with whoever the fuck she wants. Yeah. But then, I'm assuming there's some kind of like guilt that's kind of being put passed around, like she she has no real like I don't know yeah she can sleep with him but if she knows that he's looking for something a lot bigger it's, I don't know it just, it just it, feels it's not, awkward it's not even that like they, they never like go into that level of detail like but he very clearly sees her in a sort of um, he's pursuing her in a, in a monogamous way sorry, monogamous way through most of the mm. book series. But she is constantly... And again, they, they make a point in the book that they're both kind of like down and out, down on their luck kind of people, and she's doing it basically to get by. Yeah, this sounds just like a bad scenario. Like, yeah. people need to be more stable, I think, generally, in relationships. Um, like, yeah. people get away with unstable relationships, but... It's a lot fewer and far between, I think, because it just takes one person to snap, and then it sets the other person off, and then and everyone's happens. miserable. It's funny and you say that. Terrible can happen. That happens in the second yeah. book. They actually like get close enough to have a fight, essentially. Yeah. And you know she goes off, and it actually spurns one of the most interesting parts of the book. Actually, um, essentially that fight starts a series of events that causes the main character to piss off the rich person that he's with and get tricked and then he gets sent off into the wilderness to fight bandits for like two or three months oh nice um, but it's again it's a good book series and I like the main character I just that the romantic aspect of it has gotten more distasteful to me as I've gotten older yeah, I think with most series, there's kind of an expectation for there to be a romance, and so even if like the writer isn't very, I was about to sneeze. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> isn't isn't really wanting a romance? It does kind of feel like you have to put one in any story these days. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, can you just even think of a kind of a TV or a film or book series that? hasn't involved a relationship in one way or another yes yeah um there, there's i mean it can be done but you're right it's not that popular i'm trying to think of one off the top of my head um like even dread has a uh, that, a teacher student that, relationship that, but that's that's not a romance that that's just sexual tension <laughs> Because you know oh, the that should be on your fucking Tinder, mate. <laughs> you know the junior. Not romance, just sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
That was uh, that was an embarrassing portion of my life. I I think I used Tinder for about like four months, <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell am I doing here?" I think Tinder's great. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan. Like, I don't. It, the thing is, it's it's the thing that everyone goes for. It's the it's the Google of dating apps, where like you'll get everyone who's bad and everyone who's good. Like, yeah, there's a lot more niche dating apps I out think... there which are. Yeah, that's that's what I think is like if I if I'm gonna use a dating app, I'm gonna use like a um, something that's a, a little known yeah, well, something that's a little bit more filtered, right? And yeah. n- not just people who are looking to bang. Yeah, because I mean, if because you're right, you're right. There 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 are people on Tinder who are looking for legit relationships, and there are people on there who are like just just looking to bang. Yeah, well, no, not even that. Like, if if someone's like making a, I just said like like a million fucking times. If someone is making a YouTube video and they want to be funny and say, oh, we made a uh, relationship account to see how many people did this or acted this way or we see what their reactions are to us saying this, they're not going to go to Bumble or something. Is it Bumble? I can't remember. Yeah, Bumble's the one that... um, Isn't that the one... Alright, how do we get to dating apps? <laughs> Can I just stop right now? How I don't do... know, that's an interesting topic. <laughs> I mean, why why not? That, but it, it, it does tangentially relate to like what I was talking about there. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like... Oh, they... Hmm. T- Tinder's the go-to. Tinder and... Um, what's the uh, male-only one? Oh, Grindr? Grindr, yeah. Because that's become like a freaking meme. Um, I sorry. Can I, I a little little side story? Um, go for it. I like I loved the old Top Gear. Yeah. I like did just I just not even because I I'm not I, I don't really I didn't really know much about cars honestly before I started watching it but I started watching it just because the shows were hilarious. Um, yeah. They. Uh, there was an episode where Jeremy Clarkson was interviewing um, what's his first name? Fry is his last name. Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. And his last name is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was Stephen Fry's gay, and so he was talking about. I think. Oh it was, yeah. It was Grinder, and they were they they got on the topic of the app and, uh, so Fry takes out his phone and he was showing it to Clarkson. Clarkson's like. So, you're on your phone right now. You can find homosexuals, <laughs> and he's like, "Are there any of them in our audience?" <laughs> or something like that. And, and it was just—it was this—it was such a boomer moment. Like these two like older dudes discussing like this gay dating app, and they were doing it in perfect earnest. Neither of them were like you know in. I mean, obviously Stephen Fry wasn't, but neither of them were, were doing it in a very, like, in a... Disrespectful way. A disrespectful yeah. way. It was just that clumsy kind of discussion that comes with people who are older trying to understand technology. And it was just, yeah. it, it was hilarious to me. So whenever I think of, whenever I hear of Grinder, I think of that. And I think, I, I could easily imagine Jeremy Clarkson taking the piss out of it. And, but mm. I, what I don't imagine is Jeremy Clarkson ever disregarding someone for their sexuality. I think that's one of the big things. Like, he is a comedian. He's going to take the piss 
out of you know Everyone. gay dating apps yeah and such um doesn't mean he hates gay people we, yeah we've kind of gone into god but this is this went in a weird direction yeah this went in a very weird direction um i don't know i, I just I, but in general just but my my thoughts on that like i that's something i feel like is is getting lost a lot in modern discourses yeah if you can't comedy. make fun of somebody then i don't know it's you can't have a real conversation with them like I, I think th- there there's a too soon kind of thing though like oh where... yeah like there's a difference sure. there's a difference between like um there's a difference between like making fun of somebody that you know you're friends with and just being mean or being a dick yeah like, I'm thinking, like, some of the closest friends I have, um, like, you know, you, Juan, Raymond, like, we fucking mock each other relentlessly. Oh, yeah. But it's not, I don't know, it's it's more like a, just a... I don't, I can't remember the last time that you said anything offensive. Actually, probably when you're drunk, probably. But... Yeah. <laughs> but they, they tend to be few and far between, and... Yeah, but anything, yeah, um, anything like too bad. No, no. no. And typically, no. when I, I say something like that, it's because I was like, "Oh, this is going to be funny," and it just falls flat. Mm. Yeah, there's always those awkward silence moments. Um, God, especially in work at the moment, because oh God, I can't say anything like, at work. Uh, we're, 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 well, it's actually quite a pretty chill culture in the. Uh, my workplace at the moment, and one of the uh, we we've moved on to working on this thing called MCVs. Mm. I think it's called it was MVCs. Anyway, and so it has all these different parts of it, and there's these parts called factories, and the factories have to go inside of um, just imagine them like folders called a DIC, mm. and so it makes some very awkward conversation when people are saying, "All right, now put it in the dick." <laughs> <laughs> I saw you... that coming just before you said Oh god, no, not that phrasing we should, we should take this data out of the dick and put it into the model Oh my god It's like, oh god There's some very interesting syntax in um, coding Yeah uh, Some of it is very on PC Like even, I, I don't remember if I told you this um, The... Uh, like main files of a project mm-hmm. used to be called the master files. Yeah, and then you have but the slave directories. Yeah, yeah, that's had to be changed because of the connotations to to main. Um, but then there's some other things which are arguably worse that have just not received any. But it, it's one of those things. It just depends on like who's getting at, outraged at the time. Like I, I the reason I know that like I did I, like I took coding classes back in college, and this was like two thousand seven or two thousand eight. And mm. um, at that time, you know, no one gave a fuck. That was that was around the time that people were first starting to. I don't know. The permanently offended were starting to get into coding, and so they hadn't been changed yet. I feel like if you're getting into coding properly, then I mean, the thing is, if lot- you've spent that much time on it, you don't really fucking care because I mean, it's not offending anyone. I mean, yeah, they could call it whatever they want. Like they could be like, "Oh, it's not the master drive; it's the pixie drive." Like it doesn't fucking matter. Like, whatever you call it, it's a like, term. Okay, it, 
it's it's in the the realm of the public life. If if you go into the freaking inspect and look at exactly what HTML people are writing, and maybe some tags have something that. Are... But who the fudge? People, what people who aren't web developers go into the the makeup text for a website? Like, who looks at the HTML and the CSS and goes, ooh, they can't say that. <laughs> it's like, it's hidden. It's it's peeking behind the curtain. You're not meant to be there, really. Yeah. Um, it's just weird. I had a topic and I completely forgot what it was now. I was talking about a book. This is the media segment. How the hell did we get yeah. here? <laughs> like, all right, hold on. To, to pull it back. Hmm. There's, and again, the third book in this series hasn't come out yet, so for all I know, they resolve all of this, um, and it all works out happily ever after. But mm. as it stands with the book, it's essentially a woman that has been stringing this dude along for ages, for her own mm. emotional gratification, really. He, like, he obviously can't contribute anything to her monetarily, but she kind of uses him as her therapy, like throughout the book like just like oh you're the only person I can really talk to and all this other stuff he he is like the only like fantasy novel hero I can think of that is both simultaneously like friend zoned and cucked <laughs> like just to put it bluntly yeah. but like that's and it's just I guess that's his the, the biggest character flaw with him, because he, he does find ways to cleverly circumvent all these other situations he gets put in. She's not the woman. Doesn't get put in the woman. Uh, the, there's a... Uh, <laughs> there's uh, a... Have you seen Soviet Womble's latest video? No. Okay, so... I want to talk about this because A, Soviet so rarely posts, and B, he actually posted something which is kind of really quite interesting. Certainly in our line of hobbyism. Okay. We yeah. like playing games. Uh, <laughs> so Soviet put up like a, an hour long video or something. I think it was 40 minutes actually. Mm. Um, talking about the way that games, specifically games like um, Player Unknowns, Battlegrounds, and Daisy and Minecraft have evolved. So he split into three genres, which was like base building, survival, and PvP, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, but actually, there's a small group of games which have stemmed from one game, basically, that are kind of coming up with some really interesting new concept. And if you haven't heard about it yet, then I think it might be an interesting topic for us to discuss. There is a dinosaur game out there where you play as a dinosaur. So it's not like Ark where you just tame the dinosaurs and ride them. You play as a dinosaur. You can choose whether you want to be a herbivore or a carnivore. And if you're a carnivore, the only way you can survive is by eating other players. It's a pretty play. interesting concept. Like, it's become... So the 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 main uh, way of he described it is that he's made players a resource. I really 
want to play this game. I think it's still in early access. I think the developers are... I mean, a game where I can eat vegetarians? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Um, and if you put something in the old chat, your dinosaur automatically makes noise, which <laughs> other dinosaurs nearby can hear, and all the dinosaurs have individual uh, calls, so you can actually identify if it's an enemy near you or something. Some of them have night vision, so when it gets to nighttime, others can't see you very well. Um, it looked very interesting. It didn't look like there was much content there. I mean, it's and it's certainly a game that you'd have to play with friends, I think. Yeah, but it does sound but like a lot of fun. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also some servers that have kind of implemented specific rules to make it more realistic. Mm -hmm. Where if, say, uh, a carnivore hunting party comes across a herbivore hunting party and they give chase, the moment a herbivore gets killed, the rest of the herbivores get to live. Right, yeah, because, because in, in reality... On the, exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing with like lions and a herd of zebra. Like once they take down one, they feast on that one zebra, and then the rest of them run off. Exactly. And so, like, actually, you do see packs of herbivores and carnivores chilling together because they've just eaten Terry, and they're like, okay, he's full now. They don't need to eat for a certain amount of time. Just fucking chill out. Okay, cool. Don't ask why these things are connected in my head. But, that's another topic that I just thought of. Uh, so the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We talked oh, about, yeah. We talked about Askate, you know, a while back. It was on, um, it was on offer for the last couple of weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's out now. Um, mm. And they did, they did indeed censor parts of it. Um, it always worries me when a game gets released and it's immediately on offer. It either means that... That is the proper price, and then when it goes off of offer, they're literally just scamming you for money. Mm. Or, um, it's a really shittily put together game and they want people to buy it still. It's EA, so probably both. Yeah. Um, oh my god, they're loot boxes. Yeah, so I, I watched a, a compilation video of the, all the things they changed. So they, they did a bunch of positive things. They reworked the shooting and vehicle mechanics from the first game. Because they were, like, honestly kind of shit. Uh, they, everything's now in 4K. They've, like, upped it to, like, higher frame rates. They've, you know, redone the graphics. But, and I say but because the next topic is about a but. There are quite a few scenes where they've basically... Um, gotten a little bit more puritanical with the female character. They've nerfed that ass! They nerfed the ass! <laughs> no, there, there's... And it's not as bad as people were making it out to seem at the beginning, but it is annoying. Mm. So, in a couple conversations, like, during a dialogue tree, like, it would essentially focus in on uh, somebody's lower half. And... Mm. Again, I've I've kind of gone back and forth. It's an artistic decision. What annoys me more about that, because looking at it now, I honestly don't think it's a bad thing. 
Like, they, they haven't really ruined the game, as people were saying they were going to or anything like that. They've just... They've changed that artistic decision. My I think they've opened... Sorry. Sorry. No, my, my, my problem is that they have modified the original, like, version of the game, which... So people are going to play this, and they, they, they won't have... It, it's a very minor thing, but the precedent annoys me. Because now... Mm. If they accept this, it's not it's not a remaster. They have modified the game. They've I don't know. It's it sounds so petty and like usually the arguments I see uh, countering this is like oh you you perverted son of a bitch or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. It's a, I it, I'm just waffling. Go on, say what you're saying. I think they've opened themselves up or. Or spread themselves, as it were, <laughs> to uh, to a lot of parody. I would love to see a game studio <laughs> put into their game like a cutscene now where they're talking and it just <laughs> changes to a full ass, nothing else on the screen, just a picture of the person's ass. I was thinking, uh, I knew what you were covered going. Up, obviously. <laughs> I yeah. knew what you were saying before you said it. Oh like, my. Or, or just like a YouTube video of Mass Effect, and where they've like animated it, <laughs> and I just guarantee- taken the thing. I want there. To, there's going to be a mod. There's going to be a mod where it's just every oh, single yeah. dialogue you have with this character. It's going to be focused on her ass. Or like no, it's just normal gameplay, but they've superimposed asses onto all the faces. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, it's just again. I'm I'm tempted to buy it, but because I, I do want to play, I, I I absolutely loved the original Mass Effect trilogy, mm. but I don't want to endorse this sort of like um, airbrushing away. Yeah, well, it's not really censorship in in reality. It's just people were calling it censorship to begin with, and I think that's probably an unfair characterization. I think it's more like you're... It's it's sort of like how when people go back to old, like, um, 1920s movies and airbrush cigarettes out of them. Do people do that? Yeah, in the U.S. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, we don't want kids thinking smoking is good. Yeah, I, I get that you can't do it in adverts nowadays, but I didn't think they had... No, no, they, they go back to old movies and they'll, they'll remove it. It's not a big yeah. thing. It, it, it has happened before, and there have been pushes to have it happen more widely. Um, mm. But it, it's sort of along that, that line. It's You're, you're imposing modern-day morality on something that didn't get produced in the modern day. Mm. And I don't really like that. Again, it doesn't hurt the game, and honestly, I think the Legendary Edition is probably like a massive improvement gameplay-wise. Plus, you've got all you know, you've got all the new, you know, fancy graphics. You get the new shooting mechanics. It's probably worthwhile to play, and I really do want it. But just it rubs me the wrong way when people go back and moralize older works. Sort of like if, you know, somebody went back to ancient Greek paintings and uh, put a bra on all the naked women. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Hell yes. <laughs> Cover up, ladies. That's not proper. 
I can just imagine like a Victoria's Secret advert where they put all like the lacy. Um, wait, you have Victoria's Secret over there, don't you? Yes, it's an yeah. American company, I think. Yeah, I always get that and and Summers backwards, uh, but she don't have it over there. Um, yeah, just like coming up with like fancy lingerie. Mm. I think that'd be hilarious. No, just yeah, the, the Victoria's Secret advertisements. You go back and oh no, you need to wear a frock. Mm. But like a spicy frog. <laughs> oh yeah. But anyway, summary like I'm I'm probably going to end up buying it just cuz I love the series. I'm I'm torn between buying it and frog. No, not a frock. Mass Effect you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm torn between buying it and just um replaying all the original game cuz I have all the original games. Mm. Multiple copies of them. I've I've bought the game I had it for the Xbox 360, I bought it for the Xbox One, and I bought it for the PC. And mm. then I bought it for the PC again, because I fucking love those games. I mean, you do say you want to support their industry, but then they did massively fuck up Andromeda. Oh, Andromeda was a piece of shit. Mm. So, uh, do, do you still want to support them? No. That's, that's my thing, is I don't want to support modern EA and modern Bioware, but mm. those original games were so good. Yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda was a piece of shit. I I think yeah, I guess the people who worked on it are probably completely different considering the time frames. Yeah, I, so and I think Mass Effect Andromeda was produced by Bioware uh, Montreal, which explains everything because they're French and Canadian. I mean, it's the worst of both worlds. Wow, I'll tell Mass that. <laughs> I stand Jeez. by what I, I said. I have to know. Wait, Mass is not a massive fan on. Montreal, anyway. I don't think. I don't know. Or Andromeda. Is Montreal, like... Mass, Mass well, is probably yeah, no, the... Mass is the only other person I know who's beat Mass Effect Andromeda, and both of us had the same opinion. It was a piece of shit. I just got her name in it. She could not beat it. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, alright. You know what? We've, we've Mass waffled effect. on. I don't... We, we started off talking about a novel, and then talking mm. about how the main character had, like, a terrible romance arc. Then we were talking about coding, and somehow... No, you missed out the Tinder bit. Oh, yeah, the dating apps, that was in there, too. And we ended yeah. up talking about Asgate again. Oh, my God. Well, any, any final thoughts on this terribly eclectic uh, segment, too? I'm still hungry. <laughs> me, too, actually. <laughs> Honestly, the tea has just made me more hungry. The Toblerone has done the same. A mm. little bit of an appetizer. Empetit. God, that was French, wasn't it? Anyway. Hopefully you guys have been able to follow along with this terribly, terribly, terribly eclectic segment, too. Um, but if not, well, hopefully you stick around for segment three. Maybe we'll do it a little bit better. Um, but yeah, this is going to be the end of segment two of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and uh, you'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Okay. Welcome back. Hey, I actually thought I had a pretty good freaking idea while I was um, getting my coffee. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I'm not going to tell you.
uh, just let me write it down before I forget it. Okay. You also sent a note to yourself in our uh, Discord, so. Oh, what, like an hour ago? Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I already got that puzzle down. Um, oh, yeah. Ugh, uh, oh, itch. Twentieth century, right? This is the part that always pisses me off. Twentieth century starts at like nineteen ninety, right? No, no not nineteen ninety, nineteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. It's because century zero was technically the first one. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Confuses me. What really annoys me these days is now they've switched over from using um, AD and BC to using CE and BCE. What? Did they get fucking diplomas? No, the, the idea is that you, you can't use AD and BC because that's religious. So we've got to say CE, the common era, and BCE, before the common era. Right. I mean... The common era? What makes us common? We're living in it, I guess. It's a but, stupid phrase and I hate it, but... That is stupid. <laughs> when does the regal era start? <laughs> yeah, I want the um, uh, upper class area. Yeah. Uh, I always put the wrong thing. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, okay, I've, I've got my my topic list. One of which is yours uh, is four long, so I think we're gonna have decent content. I would like to go first if that's right. Go for it, because I think. Well, we'll just see. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, yeah. All right, I am ready when you are. Um, are you? Are, are you ready to hit record? Oh, one sec. And I'm actually recording the dual audio this time. Yeah, well, I was like, I'm so used to, because of last week, not having to record. I said last week. The week that we're currently... Yeah. Oh, shit, hang on. Wait, can I cheat and not record then? Because technically, it's not the same week. No, I don't want to risk <laughs> something going, because OBS already fucked up once. I don't, I don't want to risk having to go uh, go wonky again. The last segment is just going to be suddenly blue sounds love. <laughs> oh shit, hang on. Oh yeah, no, that makes Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, right. I am ready to hit the button when you are. Okay. Uh, five, four, three, two, one, go. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card segment, and full disclosure, this is the second segment three. No, 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 uh, this is segment five at this point. 
Yeah, technically, yeah, you're right. It is segment five. Yeah. So what happened on Saturday? We're also recording this on a completely different night. Um, whereas normally we record it Saturday morning. Uh, we are now sometime in the evening on a Tuesday. Um, I'll say Tuesday. I didn't hit record on OBS. And last week, Blue was not at his place, so he couldn't record his own audio. So we had an entire half of segment three that I only had myself speaking to no one. And then we hit record again, but by that point, we were kind of unenthusiastic. We didn't get... It wasn't as much fun doing the same thing over again, and it just sounded awful. So we said, screw it. Yeah, the literature we were going through was... Uh, it ran out of good shit. Yeah, it, I actually... Official terminology. I really liked that that idea. I think if we had kept the first one and just finished it out, we probably would have gotten a lot further with it. But it is a, it's a new segment three that we tried out. We will try it again in the future. Um... Uh, but, uh, yeah, not this week. So, Blue, you said you had some topics to discuss. Yeah, that's a fun little thing. Um, so I was watching YouTube the other day, week, I don't know, something, and, uh, they were talking, there's two people talking on a podcast, and they were like, huh, I wonder what it would be like if back when, uh, the human race started using, uh, what's the word? Tools? Ranged, we ranged weaponry. Oh, okay. What if they were just like, nah, it's not very efficient. You know, we don't like range weaponry. And what if the human race continued with only melee weaponry? Like, they, there's just mm. take out, there's no like archery throughout the ages, none of that. There's no guns. You have to go back uh, pretty far because even when you're talking about. Javelins. Even when you're talking about, like, cavemen and stuff, they still throw spears. Yeah. Assuming they got past the the point where they could fight off wild animals, uh, I think, like, every war in the entire history... I mean, to be fair, after the first war, all the wars would have been different anyway. But would we be more progressed in this modern era? Would it be less progressed? I don't know, because... So, pretty... The, this this is tricky. Because um, there's multiple layers to this. Are there still the same yeah. number of, like, wars? Uh, are you are you thinking that... So, here's why I'm asking that. And this is... Well, let's uh, make vague, sweeping assumptions about, like... Let's just say, like, the Roman Empire... I mean, would the Roman Empire have gone longer or shorter if they only had... Melee weaponry. Oh, it would have gone on longer because they were they were wiped out almost entirely by horse archers at one point. Oh, really? I I want to say it was the Huns that came in and and got them, which were like right, yeah, they got yeah. I, I want to say they were horse archers. I mean, there were a lot of other reasons too. The the Roman Empire had become fairly like bureaucratic. The problem that they they ran into multiple problems. One of them, mm. especially in the West, was that most of the Roman soldiers weren't Romans. Like yeah. they, the like the actual Romans basically outsourced all of their military activities to um, you know Celts and Germans and Gale, uh, Gaelic peoples, and mm -hmm. after a while, especially the German populations were like, why, why the fuck are we? Well, we're the ones doing everything. You know, we're we're the Romans now. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And they they, but they they also did have issues. It's one of the reasons they didn't uh, expand too far into like Asia because they, they ran into what were essentially like the proto-Mongols, and they were horse archers. Um, yeah. 
the Romans really never, they had archers, but they didn't really use them that well. They only had short bows. They had slingers that could throw like rocks and stuff. Um, mm. But again, not really used. They were mostly like pitched combat, like, you know, tight formations of melee soldiers. You think like, so obviously Japan, famous for its mm. uh, katanas and things. Do you think they might have uh, pushed out and maybe expanded into China? Or do you think China's like, they they tried massive amounts of they they tried that multiple times. Um, they they tried to conquer uh, the Korean Peninsula at one point and failed miserably. Uh, actually, I think it was because the Koreans were actually really good archers, but the Japanese had decent archers as well. Um, oh, okay, decent. Okay. So I'm I'm trying to think. The Romans that's a legitimate case. They might have gone on longer because you know ranged abilities mm. was was one thing that they were severely lacking. Um, the British probably would have been fucked because Agincourt would have gone the other way. Yeah. Um, Do you think the weaponry would be like so? Obviously, the like the last point we got to at melee weaponry was like just like nano fiber knives or not nano fiber. That's not the word I'm looking for. Carbon fiber. Kind of. I'm sorry, even the word. I don't know what knives are made out of. <laughs> Steel. Like fancy ass butterfly knives and stuff that's kind of the point where we stopped with melee weapons carbon steel you so you're, you're looking like... for carbon steel which is just like a very hard steel that holds an edge pretty well but yeah you I, think I, we would have normalized like electro blades or something by this I, point i think if if we didn't progress any further with like ranged weapons yes there probably would have been um yeah a lot more advancement in, in melee weapons i think we probably still would have a much more prominent, uh, like aristocracy or like fighter class in society, like a war hmm. warrior caste, like a knight or a oh, samurai. So, so maybe like knights would still be a thing. Because, yeah, I mean, because with melee weapon, the, the whole thing was that'd be fucking cool, wouldn't it? Start in European history, starting with like um, Agincourt is a perfect example of this. The French were still in the old system where they had this warrior aristocratic nobility elite that were on armor. They were fully armored. They were mounted. They were trained hmm. to use lances and all this stuff. And there was a lot of prestige that came with that. But the British beat them in that battle by just hiring a bunch of random yahoos who teaching them how to use longbows and having them shoot the crap out of the knights. So hmm. that, I think, would probably still have like a warrior lead. I don't think the society would be as globally integrated as it is now because we wouldn't have missiles. We wouldn't, like, nukes would never be a thing. Or if they were a thing, they'd be like, you'd have to actually, like, walk them in. They'd be like suitcase bombs. You wouldn't have ICBMs. Also, I was thinking, I, my mind went way back to, like, medieval era again. If there's no range, there's no catapults. Yeah, if we're ballistas. eliminating all range stuff, that would make... Like, a castle would be fucking impregnable, unless the... they bashing around the gate. You'd basically siege... You'd have to go back to siege warfare, where the way they primarily... Before you had trebuchets and things like that, the way you took mm. out a castle was you surrounded it, cut off its supply lines, and starved it out. Or there's like so you can you can undermine the wall, mm. which I don't think no that doesn't use any kind of I mean explosives. Expl but as long explosives that's count. what I'm saying. I think explosives would still be a thing. We're just saying yeah. nothing at range. So yeah, you could use like, explosives, but you'd have to like climbing the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, climbing the walls obviously the ladders. Yep, and wait, actually, that's, since there's no there. since there's no ranged weaponry, they wouldn't they have any way to back down. Yeah, they'd have to just, you know, stab people as they came up. Could you still pour boiling pitch on people? That's the that thing. technically range. 
It is. So it's like dropping rocks. I think that that one's so obvious you'd kind of have to allow it. Because you're not throwing it, you're just letting gravity do the work. I agree, but you do have to bring up the dropping rocks. I do, I do think dropping rocks would be technically range. We're, we're going way far into like the suspension of disbelief with, in that category. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. all okay. it would take somebody to realize that ranged weapons would work is to you know pick up a rock and oh, just rock, drop yeah. it. Okay, okay, fine. That, that's fine. Um, and do you think we'd be more or less violent than people for it? Because, more. on the one hand, on the one hand, people would be like, alright, if I'm the strongest, I can now basically have whatever the fuck I want, because, like, a weakling can't turn up with a shotgun and blow my head off. Yeah. Uh, equally, all the combat will be so up close and personal... But it might shock people, but certainly these days, no one would want to fight. So, I, I, I would say more. And I'd say more for a couple reasons. One, okay. back when melee combat was the primary method by which people fought, there was a lot more violence. There was a lot, like, society was more violent, there were a lot more wars, and but the wars were all small scale. And they were fought yeah, between, because, like... Yeah, yeah there's no ICBMs anymore. Exactly, and I one of the reasons that um, we've sort of been in what people are calling like the long peace now, where every since World War II there hasn't been a real big major war between superpowers, mm. and uh, or b between you know great powers, mm. and I part of that is because of like the crazy devastation that was caused by World War One and World War Two. Like, the, the sheer volume of death that could be caused by these powerful ranged weapons, um, it it sort of shocked the world into not doing it. And the, the whole reason people are the way they are now with, you know, kind of detesting violence the way they do, it, it's basically because no one's had to live through that sort of thing again. Um, I can't remember who said it, but there was, um, it was a political philosopher, and the quote is, um, War is the continuation of politics by other means. Yeah, and that was the attitude like pre nineteen hundreds, and even into the mid nineteen hundreds when that that's what caused World War One and World War Two. But mm. so I, I say it would be more violent, but the wars would be smaller scale. So okay. be, because you don't have like missiles and ranged weapons and all that, I'm saying that the wars are going to be smaller scale, and they're against tinier you know factions and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But there's gonna be they're gonna happen more and they're gonna be more violent because you're up close and personal, like you said. Yeah. What do you think we would be? Hmm. Well, first of all, I'm gonna make the call right now. the U The U.S. wouldn't exist. Like yeah? at, at least it wouldn't exist as one unified nation. If I suppose because they came in with like muskets and shit. Yeah. And part of that, that's one of the big reasons they were able to de defeat the Native Americans was because yeah. of superior firepower. Like, mm -hmm. the Spanish Empire would never form because Cortez couldn't uh, take out the Aztecs with mm -hmm. his 300 men. Um, and even if the U.S. existed and all 50 states were here, they wouldn't be one unified country. There'd be no way to keep them all together. I think they'd be like different factions or like several different countries spread around here. Like, you know, California is its okay. own thing, you know. So you'd be either a tribal person, or you'd still be an island. Yeah, and or I um, would be. I probably what, would, like, I probably wouldn't exist. Three quarters of my uh, family's from all over Germany, and a quarter of it's from Ireland. Yeah, sorry. 
It'd probably be like gold still, right? This area, oh like, would probably be Gaelic. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The area you're in. Yeah. It's still but its like, own little super advanced Gaelic. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. You you'd be warring against the Mecha Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> With their cyber death sheep. I well, that's the other thing. Um, Massachusetts would be a lot bigger, the state I'm in, because it, Maine used to be a part of us, the state like above us and to the east. Uh, so yeah. we used to be a huge state. And... It wouldn't even be a state, Kaiser. Well, that's true. We'd be, we'd be the nation of Massachusetts. Well, you wouldn't even be Massachusetts. No one would have gone there. It's just Native American land. Well, that actually, that's a very good point. That's more likely, because the only reason the other European powers started to colonize the U.S. was because Spain succeeded so easily and just came back with all this cash. Uh, yeah. Well, that went on pretty well. Uh, that's kind of like a question, like brain teaser question that I, I love. I could talk on about stuff like that forever. Yeah, I did have a uh, one more, but one more of those kind of questions. Hmm. Um, which do you want to hear, or should we move on to other news? No, no. Let's let's go on with another one of these. I actually really like that. We can okay. we can wrap up with the other news if we still got time. So. If from the start of the 20th century, that's why I was checking what that date was before we started the podcast, uh, everyone on the planet is either a, as in everyone is one or everyone is the other, mm -hmm. a carnivore or a herbivore. Oh boy. Uh, okay. How would this affect just everything in the world like do you think world politics would change do you think people would act differently well i'm gonna take the um i know how much of a meat love no no no, no but i'm gonna take the blunt <laughs> scientific answer first if everyone okay. was either way the world's population would be significantly smaller yeah um because you can't like uh, until the advent of like modern crop technologies and like you know industrialized farming there was enough food to support this many people and it so, would have to be like you'd have to to be to have like a bio area of where you have all the different kinds of nutrients in one area kind mm -hmm. of thing i guess yeah and so what i'm i'm thinking is yeah populations would be much more concentrated around where they could get the correct type of food mm -hmm. uh, so in the meat lover world colder climates would be the probably the more heavily populated areas and in the vegetarian world, then probably the more tropical regions uh, and the more temperate ones would be the much he more heavily populated ones. Uh, I'm going to mm. say in the meat lover world, people are going to be a lot more. Actually, in both worlds, people will be more malnourished. Um, Do you think people in the meat world might turn to cannibalism, say? possible it, in the the areas where they couldn't get enough meat if the population grew too fast they might right okay. um and just... what i will say is that if um gmos are developed at the same time as they are in our world then hmm. um the vegetarian world could, would see like a huge population spike when that happens the meat hmm. lover world they'd probably their population would just go up linearly because there's only so many animals you can make yeah my so the the the, uh, the vegetarian world, it was probably not only would it spike like that, but it would also like 
fan out. So I think I think you're right. I think it would be like the whole um, Judge Dredder esque mega cities where tons of people compact into one space. Hmm. You're um, saying the vegetarian worlds like that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, actually, no, probably more so for the meat area. I feel like there'd be uh, a lot more battery farms kind of thing. Mm. Uh, because vegetables absolutely 100% need space. You can't cram vegetables in, but you can technically cram animals in, even though it's very horribly cruel. Um, See, I kind of... I, I think the opposite would happen. Because with vegetables, you can preserve them a lot longer. Yeah. So, and you can make, like, all kinds of artificial crap out of, you know, soybeans and corn and wheat and stuff like that. So you can make very calorie-intense stuff that will last a very long time with vegetables. But with meat... There is an equivalent. Oh? What's I've the I've just realized. If... And I'm assuming this would happen around the same time that GM crops, I think. Hmm. Um, meat eaters... Would that also include insects and things? That's a lot of protein. That's and it's true. not very hard to mass produce. That's true. That that would be the the meat eater mega cities, and or if you could uh, or animal cloning. Maybe they start cloning animal meat. Like maybe cloning advances faster in the meat lover world because they Is need cloned meat safe. I guess it is. It must yeah. be. It's just, it's just I, I, I don't know really else. Because <laughs> I mean, they're already working on like cloning um, organs and stuff these days. Yeah, and, I mean like, artificial. Wounds There's like, um, what is it? Dolly the sheep. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's that not like the, the most thing. That's not the most efficient variety of cloning because you still need. It's basically you're just yeah. getting a sheep pregnant with itself. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I'm thinking like test tube cloning, where you have just a factory where you're making just like tons and tons of steaks in a vat. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I think pretty early on there'd be selective breeding in the. It, they, they'd be mass-producing the best the best meats, and it'd get better and better over time. Yeah. Uh, and it'd become more efficient over time. Um, yeah, I get, man, all the equivalents... There, there is equivalents to pretty much everything, though, isn't there? Yeah, so, what I want... I want to... I'm going to pose a, a question to you now. On the subject of the one you just gave me, mm. we've kind of both mapped out what we think it would look like and how they would progress. Which one of those societies do you think you know, again, starting from the 1900s, would collapse before they got to the modern day? Like, which one is more likely to collapse and why? It depends. Uh, obviously, because they are... it's the, the very fact that it's, it's only one thing rather than two means that if, say, like, uh, a crop disease hits, they're in big fucking trouble because they can't eat meat. Yeah. Um, and likewise, if an infection is going around the animal's Although infections don't often cross-breed animals. Yeah, it's very rare for a disease to jump species. But with vegetables, so they can get hit with, like, locust. Yeah, exactly. Um, which they can't eat, which the carnivores can eat. <laughs> um, the locusts um, are a plus for the carnivores. Honestly, going into this, I thought, actually, with the GM crops, vegetarians would fucking have it. Uh... I think, obviously, in the in the long run, obviously, if the carnivores are breeding so many animals, they're like the 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 planet's gonna be fucked real fucking fast. 
Um, but I think they would have a better chance up to the point where they like die of sunstroke. Yeah. Or being the animals rise up and <laughs> destroy them or something. Animal, I don't know. <laughs> animal farm happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think the carnivals kind of have it. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. It's the the vegetarians like they have to make it to the point where you have GMO crops and like effective pesticides. If mm. they die off, some disaster happens before then, they're fucked. The carnivores yeah. are probably good, but you're right. They're they're gonna hit like a population cap that the won't be as much of a problem with the vegetarian people. I think mm. if if this had started at the year 2000 instead of 1900, I'd give it to the vegetarians at nine times out of ten just because of that all the modern technology. Yeah, I mean, they, they do have quite a, a level of intelligence starting at the 1900 mark. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit, like, they had quite a bit of technology at that point, and effective yeah, pesticides... But they definitely weren't eating insects at that point, so they hadn't really... I mean, were they eating insects? It depends on the region of the world you're talking about. Um, right. They, they would eat them in, in certain places, and it was, again, it was the poor people food. Just to deal with huge populations. Pretty much the areas where um, people kind of still eat insects regularly today. Um, you know, China and India. Although not so much yeah. India. India, a lot, there's a ton of vegetarians in India. There's also, well, yeah, because of the whole religious cows. Yeah. And stuff, I guess. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. Um, did you want to pose one to me? Or, or should we move on to... Uh... Those are the only two I had. I just on the spot. Okay, uh, let me think of one real quick. Uh, we could fill time while you think. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you talk about one of your other topics while I try to think of one up? So, Heroes of the Storm has had a very big update at last. Heroes of the Storm being the uh, Blizzard equivalent of League of Legends, and oh man, it's. It's been so long in the works. It's been like four fucking months since the last update, I think. And they have reworked tons of the characters. At least all the ones that I play, they've reworked. Maybe I'm just unlucky. Or lucky. I don't know. And they've added different maps to the goddamn map pool. And oh man, it's so good to play Warhead Junction again. Um, they really And do. yeah, there's a, a new favorite possible character for Kaiser now. Yeah. I've been playing uh, um yeah, the main character from the first StarCraft 2 game, uh, Wings of Liberty, Jim Rayner. He uh he got a major reworking. God, he's so much fun to play now. He is. He's even got a fucking meme ability at the end, uh, right, at, right at the end of the game where every time someone kills him, he launches a battle cruiser at them. <laughs> like <laughs> how stupid is that ability, but it's so fun. Oh my god. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun to play him. I actually, mm. it, it was one of the reasons I, I started, I want to say it was on Saturday? Yeah, it was on, It was Saturday afternoon. I started um, replaying the StarCraft Two campaign on Brutal. And um, just to get myself back into the game, because I do want to get Again? Back. What? <laughs> Again? Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you played that game now? It's like... Quite a few. I've got, oh. I've got... And ninety-eight percent of the achievements on the first yeah. game, hundred percent on the, the second Vikings. one. That's the, just the stupid, it's a stupid arcade machine that you have to beat to get hundred percent achievements in the first one. Practice on that beat game, so you got the fucking dodging skills. I suck at bullet hells. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyway, did you come up with um? 
This is like surprisingly difficult to come up with a good one. I can think of like a few kind of less good ones, but I'm, okay. I'm trying to think of one that has that same sort of broad appeal to that. Okay. I mean, it can serve you up another one, but if if oh, he's thinking. Um, oh, you really know he's thinking when his tongue slightly hangs out of his mouth like a cat that's kind of a bit retarded. Oh, can I say that? I probably can't. You probably um, can't. Oh, whatever. It's been uh, said. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have one. One one that I was thinking of is, um, what if... And I don't know where it, where this would even go, because this is such a stupid point in history. If you start it, I can give you some more. No, no. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna give it to you, and then I'm going to explain oh why it's a good one. Um, okay. What if, when the Romans... Uh, conquered Britain. They right. also made it all the way up and conquered Scotland as well. And the reason I think that's a good one is the one of the biggest reasons that the English and Scottish have such very different cultures is because pretty much the line where it goes from England to Scotland and where the culture shifts, that's as far as Rome conquered. I mean, famously, in throughout history, we have seen so many vast empires or or just civilizations like wipe out people across the board but the moment they get to a jungle <coughs> vietnam <laughs> a mountain <coughs> russia <laughs> i don't know like, russia's just winter <laughs> not 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 russia the one i'm thinking of is the um oh fuck those mountain dudes that held back like germany oh oh um i don't know what country that is now it wasn't like sweden was it no you're oh you, you might be thinking of when the russians tried to take on the the finns was it the finns oh, that could the be it. but they tried to the netherlands <laughs> yeah well the netherlands yeah. people just walked over them because it's just a flat plane yeah netherlands and but, belgium um yeah like classically you know mountainous ter terrain like they have in scotland very hard to get a legionnaire, a, a legion of heavily armored soldiers up them, probably. All the Scots are running around in their just kilts, <laughs> swinging their bagpipes at people's heads. <laughs> oh God, the warrior folk of the Moors. Yeah. Wait, are the Moors in Scotland or? I don't know. Moorlands. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of a that's name I mean, for I, kind I, of. I was having a trouble like thinking up an actual good one. <laughs> But yeah, okay. So you're thinking that the the Scots would just kind of stay culturally pretty much the same because. No, I'm saying that that's kind of probably why they Rome didn't. Oh yeah. Wasn't able to take Scotland. That and extreme um, supply lines. It took them forever because they had either had to go overland across France or go by sea, which was a little bit quicker. But that involved them going out in the Atlantic, and the Romans sucked at sailing. What would? The Roman, if if Romans had one thing, and it would give them the ability to defeat Scotland, what would it have been? Ooh, some sort of faster overland transport for supplies, or okay. if they had better equipped oceanic sailing ships, because that would allow them to get supplies more efficiently up to England. That's that's my thinking. Is that like that's what they would need to do it? Okay, I'm trying to think of where I can I can put this. 
like, nah, that's a bit too dumb. I'm making a computer game logic for a second there. I was like, what if everyone had, like, a computer game inventory? <laughs> and they could just, like, oh, as long as you're not 301 pounds, you're not over-encumbered, so you can walk up that mountain. <laughs> yeah, what if, uh... What if, Rome... what if they had Skyrim horses? <laughs> yeah, Rome used a cheat code. Yeah. Oh, hmm. my God. Uh, well, so so I tell you what my my third one was. Yeah, what's your third one? Let's let's do that one, and then uh, I want to do the uh, Askate update, and then. Uh... Oh yeah, absolutely. So the third one I came up with, I hadn't like fully fleshed out. Was what if from uh, to pick a, pick a random time in history? Seventeen hundred. Seventeen hundreds. Suddenly, uh, people's spirits stuck around. So, and everyone could see them. Uh, they could move like we imagine ghosts. Mm. Um, which means that basically, there would be it'd be very hard to murder someone and get away with it for a start. Because <laughs> that ghost goes straight down the police station and be like, "This motherfucker hit me in the face with a shovel, then pushed me in a furnace." <laughs> oh god! So are the are the ghosts immortal? Uh, hmm. I'm gonna say they continue to live on as long as their natural lifespan would have been. Okay, and then they, they fade after that. Yeah. So I do think that that would be, like, culturally, I think people would necessarily have to be either more open and honest, or mm. they would, there'd be, like, they'd go in the ap exact opposite direction and just um decide that, you know, ghosts couldn't be trusted, and there would be stigmas against them. So any accusation made by a ghost would be viewed with skepticism. Mm. Um, but either way, I yeah, because they've got nothing to lose. There's nothing that you can do to a ghost. I I think you'd you'd start to see. Um, first of all, I, I think religion would be a lot more prominent. Well, be, would it? But no, because it would have two parts. Because now, essentially, one of the the reasons that people kind of venture into the realm of agnostic and atheistic kind of beliefs is because mm. you don't have any necessary like proof that there's a spirit or a soul or anything like that and you also have no proof that there's some kind of an afterlife or something like that but now part one of that's been solved you have proof that there's a spirit he's he's sick and like he's right over there flipping me off like that's <laughs> like you suddenly have proof for half of what is causing what causes people to doubt religion so yeah. now I think it'd be more prominent because you you sort of now the only thing that you're unsure of is where do those ghosts go when they disappear? Do they go? They finally move on to an afterlife, or mm. do they? So I think that religion would be a lot more prominent. But only religions that believe in like spirit ghosts, like uh, that, Buddhism, for example, they just go into a new animal or yeah, that's true. Or they ascend. I think so. That's a good point. Would they suddenly? Would everyone suddenly believe in Christianity? Would there be new extreme religions out there? There, that's true. There could be an entirely new religious order founded around mm. like the fact that this. Because remember, if this is starting in the 1700s, that means that something that had never happened before. All these other faiths have had time to develop, and then suddenly, boom! This starts happening. Mm. I think you might, you might, especially have a lot of like doomsday people in the 1700s. Like, oh God, the end is near. Yeah, God, that would be really fucking... Man. Imagine the Millennium Bug and everything. Everything that has any kind of 
spiritual significance would become more intense, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but also, equally, then we're going to have a whole bunch of, like, the science world trying to understand these spirits. That's why I ask, you know, are they immortal? Because I think that there might be a faction of people who, you know, want to try and destroy the ghosts, destroy the spirits. And so they might try Ghostbusters. To... Yeah, they might be literal I... Ghostbusters, exactly. If technology advanced far enough. So they'd be like, oh man. So also, but they have like, also, okay. So I've just been watching someone play a game called Cozy Grove where there are ghost bear spirits. Ooh. So I'm just imagining everyone as like adorable little bears now. <laughs> um, no, uh, but like crimes wise, obviously you can't well, that's... commit a crime as a spirit because there's no like punishment. That's that was what I was going to ask is I think the religions may adapt to try and uh, get spirits to behave morally because they can't physically punish them. Would no. there be, can can ghosts interact? Oh, with can they? Well, that's the thing. Can they? That that's a like, big question because otherwise you're just going to get a whole bunch of like I don't know ghost perverts. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> I mean, um, like I don't know. Like I guess. Maybe in the same way that you have, um, like, old wives' tales where, what is it, mistletoe keeps werewolves away kind of thing. That kind of, if you hang a holy symbol on your door, a ghost can't enter it, maybe. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's why Ghostbusters end up getting created, is because there are ghosts that don't behave morally in some way. And whether, no matter, maybe they can interact with some things, or they can't, mm. but... It's perfectly possible for a ghost to do malicious things, even if they can't interact with you directly. I mean, a ghost could literally just decide to torture somebody by constantly keeping them awake, by just shouting at them. But can the ghost stay awake the whole time as well? Well, that's... Do ghosts need sleep? I guess they don't need to sleep. They don't need to eat, obviously. Hmm. So they don't need to sleep either. That'd be a nightmare. <laughs> just constantly, like, hopped up on Red Bull, essentially. Walking around the world, going, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that that would be really fucking cool though, because you could, you, you don't need um, you don't need to breathe, so you could like just walk from one consonant to the next, like just yeah. through the water. Yeah, you could go on and you could see the world, see the sights. Exactly, that would be really freaking cool. I mean, apart from the fact you're dead, um, still observe. But yeah, that's the thing. Not being able to interact with stuff, I feel like that would be a problem. If the ghost could interact with stuff, can you imagine, like, being alive and then, like, some some bum wastes his entire life doing nothing, mm. just watching TV and, you know, sitting on his ass, um, yeah. and then he dies. Yeah. And because he can still interact with stuff, he still just sits around on his ass watching TV, being a bum. But he wouldn't get tired anymore. Maybe it's cycle. Maybe in his head, because he's always thinking he's tired when he's living. He will still think he is tired the whole time. But if not, if he's like full of energy, then theoretically he wouldn't just sit there. Well, what if he's full maybe. of energy but not full of motivation? He's he's very yeah, he's energetic. He's full of the outside world. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's 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 just there's so much to this. Like, because I feel like yeah. within a hundred years it'd be like a whole society around like society would adapt because this is just part of life like how we have mm. like retirement programs and things you know in in the modern world 
because it's just a fact of life that as people age, they become less and less able to work and so on. So now it's just a fact of life that once people die, there are ghosts and they stick around for a while. And so just thinking about how society itself would change to adapt to that is fascinating. It's, all of these topics would make really good fictional books, I think. Right. Yeah. Let's get on that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, like, not the, know. maybe not the vegetarian Go. world. <laughs> Sounds like a dystopian well, okay. nightmare. What if, like, some cities were all vegetarians, some cities were all carnivores? Oh my and god. Maybe there's, like, uh, they obviously have big differences, and so they, like, go to war. Well, they'd, it'd be interesting to see because. Maybe there's a Romeo and Juliet if... kind of thing going on. Oh god. I mean, a lot of creative insults as well for, like,. The baconator you know, and the celery. Yeah, you you rabbit food eater. I am. Uh, I fail. Hold on, I was just I just thought of this. So I think also in the carnivore society, you'd end up with um like larger people because they wouldn't. It's mostly protein. No, no, not not that. So uh, it that too because protein is a much more concentrated uh source of nutrients than than plants mm. but and at least we're able to use it a little bit more but um what they find is like historically like looking at skeletons um from ancient peoples is the hunter gatherer like uh people they tended to be taller um have better teeth like be like stronger and all that stuff because they essentially were, you know, they were constantly on the move. They were very athletic because they had to be to catch their food and to find it. True, but and they, probably in the 1900s, they wouldn't be hunter-gatherers. They would true. just be gatherers. Yeah, if, it, if it's just the, the 1900s. But I'm just... Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because people, mm. people who live in cities tend to have a, a less uh, nutrient, at least back at that point period of time. Modern day, it's kind of indistinguishable because you can get fairly nutritious food pretty easily yeah just eat pull them up yeah yeah uh all right uh, any any final thoughts on uh that scenario or shall i uh carry on to uh to ask it so it's just so i talked about this in segment two um a little bit just a brief update that you know mass effect mm. legendary edition was released it's pretty good uh, from what I've seen. Like, it looks like a good game. And I, I believe what I, I was saying was people are making a big deal of this. And I don't necessarily have a problem um, with them making visual updates and things like that. It's not just... The, like, in the game, from what I've seen, is perfectly playable. I think, in total, the censorship amounts to maybe about two minutes from the entire game. And the games are long. And you could easily pump in 100 hours beating all three. A player who's never played this game will never notice. Yeah. Well, will never even know about the, the thing. Yeah. So from that instance, you know, I don't have a problem with it. And so I, I made a comment. Do you want to just explain what it is? Because I don't think you've actually oh, said what it is. Did I not? <laughs> um, so I, we've talked about it in the podcast before, but um, there's a scene in Mass Effect 1 where the mother of one of the main characters... Who is who is sided with the um, the main antagonist of the story 
it's the first time she shows up on screen and he's like sitting in the his cabin on his ship and she comes in walking behind or uh, walking up to the back of his chair and the camera sort of pans up from the floor and then goes you know up her whole body and then focuses in our her face as she moves in um and she's wearing a bit of a low cut like top it's it's like one of those elegant like ballroom kind of gowns and now instead of panning up like that the camera's just like boop already on her face um there and then in mass effect 2 I, I think there's a couple other things with her in particular that that happens with and then mass effect 2 uh, in several dialogues with one of the other main characters, she, like, the camera is, like, it's either focused a little bit lower, or it's, like, at a different angle, so you're, you're seeing that ass. It's the not camera like, is no longer shooty on the booty. Yeah, and so it's just, now the camera angle is much higher, and so you just see, like, the back of her head, or something like that. Which, again, mm. doesn't affect the gameplay at all doesn't affect the story. I haven't heard any instance of them changing dialogue or gameplay or anything like that, except to like make tweaks to the driving in the first game because the driving in the first game was shit. Um, mm. A lot of that stuff, like, you could play through it, you'd probably enjoy it, never notice the difference. The problem is <laughs> it's just like they've... I, I'd be playing through the whole game constantly thinking, oh god, what else did they change? And just little details i it was one of those things where i had such an amazing experience with the first three games and then andromeda was such a shit show my first thought when they say they're making any changes or updates to the game i was like oh god you're gonna wreck it mm -hmm. and so it just it kind of ruined it i might still pick up the game maybe when it's on sale because again from what i've seen so far it's not it's only been out a couple weeks so it hasn't fully been documented um well, they, i think you already played it haven't you new because you left a comment i didn't well I, yeah but i just i commented on the forums you can do that whether you own the game oh, okay. or not so yeah on the forums for uh the thing I, I i essentially expressed that exact opinion um it got 14 replies by the next day i never got to read any of them and the comment was banned and removed and not just that oh and i got a community strike first from yep. steam saying you know oh sorry it was a warning that if I ever do anything like this again, they, they'll do something. Yeah, not only are they taking away the ass that you're talking about, they're going far after your ass. Oh my god. And it was the th I didn't think what I wrote was all that bad. It was just... I essentially expressed the exact same opinion that I just did. Mm. Yes, Kaiser's getting a slap on the wrist, and if he does it again, he's going to be banned from talking on the web. Yeah, I don't know. Well, on Steam. I've reviewed a few things on Steam, too, where I've said worse things than I said about this yeah, game. Yeah, you have. <laughs> and those never got banned. I never got in trouble for those. I don't think it's ever been such a big-name studio. Yeah. And probably not all the topics you've spoken about are not controversial topics. Like, you've called a bad game a bad game before, but that's not a controversial topic. Yeah. I Yeah, I think that that's, that's a good point. That could have something to do with it. Hmm. But yeah, I was looking through some of the comments on the description of the game, uh, and several of them mentioned ass. So they weren't taken down, and they'd been there for for days. Yeah. So something I said rubbed people the wrong way. Hmm. 
Kaiser saying something strongly opinionated that rub people? <laughs> I don't believe it. I know, it's very far outside of my character. Mmm. Oh, God. Alright, let's, uh, let's end it there. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I hope people enjoyed this kind of, I guess it's kind of felt like a bit of a new segment, really. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of like an alternate timeline sort of deal. I'll have to come up with a fancy name for it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I'll have to come up with some actual timelines that sound like fun. Mm-hmm. Alright, cool. Well, this is going to be the end of episode 43 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. Segment five? What? Yes, segment five of episode (laughs) 43 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you'll tune in again soon. Have a fantastic week, and Kaiser, you can't cut me off this time, it's (laughs) entire...